majority of you were at the, the site of what is probably going to be the new campus. When I say probably, it's because December 17th is an annual, or not an annual business, that'll be in February, is a business meeting um, to vote on that property, and ultimately you have a vote in that, and if you get a majority behind you and you decide not to do that, you have, I guess, the authority to do so. But I don't anticipate that happening, so I do believe we looked at our next location. And uh, very exciting. Anybody else excited? And so I wanted to get up here. I mean, like we just toured it yesterday. I wanted to walk up here and I wanted to throw down. I wanted to grab my handkerchief. I wanted to make the vein pop out on my forehead. Um, And it's interesting, though, because God continues to lead me back to a similar vein in the spirit. And I keep feeling like God is, is just trying to work on our inside. He's, he's specializing in internal medicine right now. Um, he keeps speaking about what is in our hearts. And I'm confident that he's doing that on purpose. Because we will have a celebration at some point. But if we think we're just going to explode with growth, be a healthy church, and automatically have no issues when we move into our new own space, we are mistaken. The building is just a tool to make disciples. And so if we're not making disciples today, we're not going to make disciples in a new building. And so we are the church. And the church will, hear me please, the church will only be healthy if we are healthy. If we are not healthy, the corporate gathering could be a facade that looks really great. We could have the right people in the right places, but we're not health, we are not a healthy church if we are not healthy individuals. A tree or a shrub is only healthy if the root system is healthy. I will pause right here so I don't distract you all for the whole message because we had a, our small group at our house this past Thursday. And um, even though they feel like I am anointed when I stand in this pulpit, they still are, don't feel sometimes like I'm anointed the way I pronounce certain words. <laughs> and so <laughs> I want to just ask, and I'm just going to go with the majority vote. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try my best to go with the majority vote. There are two ways to say that word, R-O-O-T, okay? There is root, and there is root, okay? All right. So if you are voting for the first, which is R-O-O-T, root, raise your hand. Raise your hand up high. Kira, it's fine. Come on, stay with your dad. Stay with your dad, Kira. Come on. All right, if you are someone who says root, raise your hand. God, the people you've given me to serve. Root. It's a root. 
Is there anybody watching online that says, I got your back, Pastor? Anybody that know anyone at all? Okay. They'll, they're probably, they'll probably catch it later and, and, and throw up a comment for me. Um, I say root. It's the root of all evil. The, 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 I don't go the root of all evil, but I'm certainly going to try my best because it's on camera that I said I would do my best. So I will try. I expected the vote to be a little closer. I expected root to win just because of the eggheads that were in my house on Thursday. Um, I say that lovingly. Um, just because of them in my house, I anticipated that to gain the victory, but I expected it to be a lot closer. Oh, Jesus, help us. So today I'm going to speak on this topic, the health of the root system. I, uh, once I get away from my notes and I, and I actually just start sharing my heart and not conscientiously thinking about it, I'll ask for forgiveness in advance because it's not going to come out root, but I'm going to, I'm going to intentionally try. So I love driving down tree-lined streets. I especially love palm trees. When I was growing up, I was like, when I would fly in somewhere, if we went to Florida, I always knew, oh, I'm on vacation because we have palm trees. I have been tempted to buy one of those and blow up palm trees for like the backyard and just so I could have a palm tree in Missouri, but I know that it's not going to work. And so I, I, I did love them until I sat by a lady recently on a plane who said, rats get in her palm trees and you have to like trim them. And I'm like, you know, whoo, man, <laughs> I don't know about the palm trees, but I love palm trees. With winter, our leaves have fallen and the trees are now entering a different season. We won't see the thick foliage again until next spring, but if the root system is still healthy, we know that this winter season will pass. Anybody already looking forward to winter passing? Anybody praying for snow? I come against that spirit and the name. No, okay, never mind. Um, my wife always says she wants a white Christmas. I'm like, Google it. You can put Google images. You can have it move. You can have it move on your screen. I mean, you don't, I, I don't, I'd be, I'd be content to never see a snowflake again in my life. And so I'm glad there were a couple more people with me on that one than the previous one. Maybe by the end, we'll all be together. So we know that this winter season will pass. We know that there will be, once again, beautiful flowers and leaves and foliage once again. And You ever walk down a, a, a street and you're looking and there's just big, beautiful trees and maybe they have, they have to put, like, fences around the base of the tree because have you ever walked and, like, you hit part of a root and, you, you know, like it's sticking out? Anybody ever have that, ever have that happen? Or maybe you don't want to admit that you tripped. You saw a root system and you were walking by. Well, when a tree is small or a, fle- or a freshly planted tree, this doesn't happen. Root system is small. It's not large. It's, it, it's not yet established. But mature trees have thick roots that spread wide to anchor it and to draw necessary nutrients into it. By the way, yes, I've never had to focus more on a message than this one right here. This is why when you plant a new tree, you have to think about where it's going to go. How far away is it going to be? Has anyone ever planted your own tree or shrub ever? 
All right, so probably a little more than half. So you have to think about where I'm going to put it. I, I, I have to pay attention to that because when you put that in, you have to pay attention to what is under the surface. If I'm going to plant a tree today that's only three foot tall, but eventually it's going to be 35 feet tall, the tree might seem fine to plant in certain areas of my yard today, but it's crucial that I think about the surface that may affect things tomorrow. For instance, a maple tree might be planted a few feet tall, but it could grow to over 100 feet tall. I don't want that tree six feet from my foundation or I'll be calling Brother Caesar. And because of the root system, it will eventually impact my foundation because if I plant it closer, you might think, oh, that looks nice. But under the surface, that thing is caving against my wall. It's pushing, it's caving my wall in. Same thing with a willow tree. That tree can be 65 feet in height and 40 feet in width. But if I put that by a, a, an in-ground pool, years from now, the root system will be pushing against the foundation of my pool. And that tree is also always going to be shedding. If you've ever had a willow tree, my wife still cries about a willow we used to have at our old house. I might have cut it down when she was at ladies' conference and she wasn't happy. But that's because it was dying. But... That thing is messy. You put that hanging over a, a pool and you're going to have a disaster. Well, sometimes we only think about today. We think about the size of something today. But we fail to think about what this can grow into in the future. Just a three-foot tree. Just put it right there, right up next to the house. That'll be pretty. And we go, no, 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 hold it. Do you know what's under that surface? Do you know what that's going to grow into the damage that something can cause to a foundation wall, a sewer or a septic line, electrical conduits, pools, and more. We, will, we always need to be aware of the root system. And not just today's root system, but tomorrow's and the next day's and the next day. Do you know that the Bible describes bitterness as a root Hebrews 12, 14, and 15, follow peace with all men, which that also means women, and holiness without which no man shall see the Lord, looking diligently lest any man fail of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, by the way, King James English was probably root, but we'll go with root, of bitterness springing up trouble you, and thereby many be defiled. At first, it grows undetected. I put some shrubs and trees in my yard this past year, and I am not, I'm thinking about water and all that, but I am not sitting there going, I wonder what the root system is. I wonder how far out it is. I wonder how healthy it's going at this point. I'm just going, oh, well, look, at, look up here. It's looking good. Under the surface, beneath the forced smiles and polite conversations, People might think, you're all right. But over time, it becomes powerful enough to share, to, 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 to shatter the very foundation of who we are in our walk with God. That's what bitterness will do, the root of bitterness. It gets planted a little too close to home. 
But we assume it's not that big. It's just a small three-foot tree. It's not a big Christmas tree. I'm going to do my best to sneak a joke in every service from now until it's gone. But the root system, though, what happens, it's just a three-foot tree. Put it right up next to the house. It's not going to disturb my foundation because it's a small thing. But as it starts to grow, the root system grows faster than you realize and faster than you think. And even though you assumed your foundation was going to be fine, it starts pushing against the foundation, exerting constant pressure, even though you aren't aware it's doing it until it's too late. Because when you're in a house and you've planted a tree next to the house, Brother Caesar probably tell you, nobody calls and says, you know, I've been curious about the root system of my tree that's by the house. They don't call until the foundation has shifted. There's cracks showing up. Roots of bitterness not only have the power to trouble the person nourishing them, but they, they also defile others as well. Notice that when the writer of Hebrews warns about the root of bitterness troubling you, he does not just say, hey, it's going to trouble you. Be aware. Keep an eye on it. He immediately says it's going to trouble you and many people will be defiled. Because that's the thing. Bitterness overtakes the roots. And when the root system is unhealthy, the fruit that comes forth from the tree is also unhealthy. Jesus tells his disciples this very thing when he talks about false prophets in Matthew 7, 16. He says, you can identify them by their fruit. That is by the way they act. Don't judge me. I don't need to. I just have to look at the way someone acts. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit. A bad tree produces bad fruit. That sounds pretty elementary. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Whoa, that, I mean, he just got drastic. It's like, yeah, good tree has good fruit. Bad trees, you're listening like, yeah, yeah. And bad trees get torn down and thrown in the fire. Whoa. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. This is words of Jesus. Bitterness gets down to the roots of who you are, and we might not think that anyone can see. No one can tell I'm hiding it well. Oh, yeah, I come to church, put on a smile, serve in this capacity in these various ministries. But man, I can't stand half the people here. That's some people. That's not me. I want you to know that. But eventually, the bitterness comes out in your fruit. The way you talk, the way you treat others, the way you respond to the way others treat you. And when bitterness poisons your root system, what you begin to offer others also becomes poison. And then bitterness spreads. Because a plant's root system sustains its life cycle for generations. A plant's root system sustains its life cycle for generations. Maybe this is why Jesus says, 
The way to take out the roots of bitterness is to tear down the whole tree and throw it in the fire. Because it's that poisonous that you have to get it completely out and destroy it. Recently, I had a little bit of an issue with an with a evergreen-type tree, and it was dropping diseased needles. And so I was like, oh, okay. And they came and said, you have to get the diseased needles out of there because every time it rains, the diseased needles are allowing the disease to go back into your root system. Because bitterness doesn't just affect you, it affects anyone who is touched by your fruit. The Apostle Paul says in Ephesians 4.31, get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words and slander. I could, we could just go through and do a whole weeks of study on each of those things, but we're just taking that first one today. He says, instead of this, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. When you get bitter, your heart gets hard. Oh no, you've hurt me. Ain't gonna touch this again. And so we build balls and it gets concrete and it's 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 because I have to toughen up. I can't feel that hurt again. But scripture says be tender hearted. You can't be tender hearted and bitter at the same time. It cannot happen. God revealed his design for the life cycle of plants in the book of Genesis. In 111, he says, God said, let the land sprout with vegetation, every sort of seed-bearing plant. He says, in trees that grow. Seed-bearing fruit. These seeds will then produce the kinds of plants and trees for which they came. And that's what happened. Our observations in nature affirm what Scripture tells us about how plants grow. Seeds that take root in good ground continue to produce flowers or fruit and carrying seeds, each carrying seeds. As those seeds spread, they put down their own roots and eventually grow into plants just like the one they came from. This is why Paul says in Romans 11, since Abraham and the other patriarchs were holy, their descendants will also be holy. Just as the entire batch of dough is holy because the portion given as an offering is holy. For if the roots of the tree are holy, the branches will be too. Branches are merely an above ground extension of the plant's root system. Well, what do we care about what people dress and the way I present myself to the world? It really doesn't matter. Branches are the above ground, the above ground extension of what's going on inside. They are the visible multiplying effect of what's happening under the ground. When we allow bitterness to take root in our heart and, and nourish it with unforgiveness... The outlook of ourselves, our relationship with others, our relationship with God, it all generates toxicity or poison. This is why I'm concerned 
about anyone who constantly spews bitterness. Who doesn't seem to like anyone. Who always have negative things to say about people. This shows me their fruit. And by seeing this, I get a glimpse into the root system. And why does it concern me? Well, let him be. But the problem is, as a body of Christ, as a tree that we're grafted into, I'm now drafted into a tree that has a branch that's poisonous. And so if Christ is the root of that tree, if he's the, 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 the main portion of nourishment, and I'm grafted in with someone else that is spewing poison or there's poison in them and it's coming out in their branch, I realize that this is serious enough to have an impact on the whole tree. When Brother Gleason was here, he talked about the seeds in an apple. And he tied that into our call to make disciples. And how we can't tell how many apples are in a seed. But on the flip side of this, you and I reproduce what we are. Not only in our children, but in every disciple that we work with in ministry. Be careful who you allow to speak into your life. Be careful about the spirit of those who you serve alongside of. Proverbs says, guard your heart. Out of it flows the issues of life. <clears throat> if roots of bitterness deepen, thicken, and spread over time, like roots always do, they can break up what we thought was a cemented walk with God. You ever see a tree or a shrub that's planted and it started to lift the sidewalk? Maybe it's broken a piece off of it. When somebody planted that tree and poured that sidewalk, doesn't matter which one was done first. I doubt anybody said, you know what, I'm gonna put this here. I know over time it's gonna break up this sidewalk. I know over time it's gonna make this an unsafe walking path, but I'm just doing it anyway. Nobody does that. They put it in, said, it'll be fine. It looks good today. But as the root system spread and grew, it started to lift the sidewalk to where it broke it. And even though it was hard cement and it seemed like, wow, it was really nothing could break that. It was secure. It was a good foundation. If we're not careful, if we're not aware of our root system of what's there, what we thought was a sure foundation can get busted to pieces. Seeds are made to scatter. They fall where they may, and seeds seek to put down roots wherever, in whatever good ground they can find. As the saying goes, the acorn doesn't fall far from the tree. This means those seeds of bitterness that grow from the root, they will likely land in the soil that's nearest to us. What's the soil that's nearest to us? It's our own children. Our roots will sow seed into our children's hearts, attitudes, and behavioral patterns 
that could grow to fracture their own relationships with people and with God. In everything we do or do not do, we are modeling it for our children. You might argue that you don't speak ill of people in front of your children, but kids are not only impressionable to our words, the seed of our spirit is also reproducing itself in them. They know without us saying. When offenses come to us, just like they will eventually come to our children, It's a perfect opportunity to crystallize to our children what it feels like to God when we do wrong. Our children need to see us get hurt. Choose to forgive and then walk the healing process with integrity. They've got to see that. They must See us ask God and each other for forgiveness and observe the effects. If, they ever, if they're ever going to believe God's word about the essentiality of forgiveness, they have to see it modeled. <clears throat> we should not only model this toward others in the church, but also right in our home. I've done enough marriage counseling now that, well... And they're never wrong, and they never say they're sorry. Well, I don't know why I have to. They know. You know, our spouses, our kids need to hear us say to our spouses, Honey, I want to apologize for what I said. And even though, oh, they're just kids, our kids need to hear us at times come in at bedtime and go, hey, I love you. How was your day? And go, hey, daddy owes you an apology. I was a little short to you earlier. Oh, whatever. I I was having a tough day. They understand. We went out and we got ice cream afterwards. Now the kids need to hear us. Dad messed up earlier and I I just, I, I wanted to say that I'm very sorry. Will you forgive me? And kids like they do, There's a reason why Jesus says, you want to enter the kingdom? Be like a little child. Because a little child is teachable, humble, and forgiving. See, somebody offends us. We go, it's fine. It's fine. Don't worry about it. And you're just like, okay. We walk away and time heals all things. No, you sometimes have to make a conscientious choice. To say, I'm, I'm releasing this. Because really, at the end of the day, bitterness is really just a form of pride, right? I deserved better. I was wronged. I should not have been treated like that. Bitterness focuses on self. It focuses on what should have been done to me. I was wronged. This should have been different. They should have never done that because I deserve better. And that's tough because even though the pain could be real, God hates pride. And that's why when I can preach a message on bitterness, some of the most bitter people are not hearing a word I have to say. 
because they're the ones with the problem. It's not me. Because my pride has blinded me to the fact that there's poison in my root system. And I keep saying I'm fine because the house is intact and the sidewalk looks good. But the root system is spreading and the poison's spreading and it's starting to press against the foundation of your walk with God. And that bitterness might be something that happened today, last week, last month, or 15 years ago. That bitterness might have been happening, something that a pastor did to you years ago. And to me, you're like, hey, I'm going to keep you at arm's length. And so ultimately, we're like, hey, tree's still growing. I'm fine. I still come to church. I serve in ministry. I give. I'm fine. Leave me alone. But God's doing some stuff here before the transition. Because if we think the transition fixes everything, it's not. He's trying to get down into the root system. And go, let's get this out of here. Let's get this out. So that you can be who I've envisioned you to be. So we can't let our children think forgiveness is optional. If our conduct suggests this, we are priming our kids to forfeit God's forgiveness when they need it themselves. If we just ignore the hurt in our home or our marriage, hoping to avoid it and just, it'll go away. This happens all the time. He'll be fine in 24 hours. She'll be fine in a couple days. It's fine. It's developing a poisonous situation in the home. And if we want our children to be healthy, their root system has to be healthy. And yes, we want their root system to be God. But the seeds of that come from us. God makes a connection between forgiveness and the way we treat forgive others. In Matthew 6, 14, he says, if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. That has always been a passage in my mind that's like, whoa. Anyone here ever had anyone ever at any time do anything bad to you? Some of you haven't. You are living an amazing life. We all have. Bitter people think somehow what's been done to them is like worse than what other people have dealt with. We've all had it. But I always go back to, whoa, there's been some people that have done some messed up things to me, either on purpose or on accident. But then I look back and go, you know, I've done some messed up things to people. Huh. But at the end of the day, I've done some really messed up things to God. He's been faithful, consistent, loving, kind, amazing to me. And I have not always responded the way I should. Not always prioritized him how I should. I don't care whoever's hurt you, the absolute worst in the world. They have not hurt you worse than you've hurt Jesus. 
But Jesus paints the picture of this prodigal coming home and rehearsing the lines of all the things he's going to say. And before he even gets to the front porch, before he even starts his recited words, Dad says, I love you. Kill the fatted calf. My son was lost and now he's found. That level of forgiveness is what I want. Then why would I say I want that, but I'm not willing to extend the same? I only do that when the root system is poisoned. As I close this today, what we don't eradicate, we cultivate. Let that sink in. Oh, no, no, I'm going to work harder. That's fine. But if, it, if it's left to sit in the root system, it's a matter of time, and it will poison your foundation. What we don't eradicate, we cultivate. Roots of bitterness left to grow have a multiplier effect that can exist through multiple generations. We today have to dig deep. For some, if the bitterness goes back several decades, you're not going to just be able to walk up to an altar in the name of Jesus, God, I pray that you would help me, Lord. Help me with all this bitterness, I pray in Jesus' name. If there's a poison tree in your yard, you don't just say, honey, hang on. I know you're waiting in the car. We're going to go grab some food. Let me just run out and tear this tree out real quick. It's like a dreaded job where you're going, oh, let's get a quote. And then they give you the quote, and you're like, dear Lord, why is it that high? And then you start the work, and you're like, this is why that was that high. Because if it's big, you got to cut that thing down. You got to cut it down in pieces. You got to start to dig around it. You hopefully will have the right machinery to get underneath it. You got to get the whole root system out. And if it's a huge tree, it has to be cut around the edges. It's a lot of work. And you can today wrap up this message and head off to the ministry appreciation dinner or if you're not a volunteer here yet this year you will be next year thank God you'll head home today and you'll just go oh that was interesting yeah I gotta be intentional about that I gotta make sure I try to love people gotta try and make sure my fruit is good but your fruit's not gonna be good just by intention. If it's not healthy, if the root system is not healthy, your fruit, you can try all you want, it's not going to be healthy. And that's where sometimes we got to dig deep today. Before we leave, we got to find a place at this altar. And we got to dig deep and go, what's in that root system? What's down in there? I keep trying to just ignore the fact that this person hurt me that much, and, and I keep trying to just 
forget that and get over that, not pay attention, not think about that. No, maybe, maybe it's time to think about it. And go, I'm not going to try to ignore this. I have to process through this. I have to make sure because God's calling all of us to bear fruit. And if I'm going to bear fruit, am I going to bear unhealthy fruit? I'm not just talking about kids. I'm talking about disciples. Because what's in my heart is going to reproduce itself in the next generation of both physical children and believers. And so I want to look at me. This message, as much as we might want to say, hope so-and-so's listening, my God. This message is for me. And this message is for you. Nobody else. It's for you. And it's for me. To where we can go. I got to find an altar. I got to dig up around this thing. Because cutting off unforgiveness and uprooting bitterness, it frees us. And honestly, it frees God. Wait a second. God isn't in bondage. But God's hands are tied. When we, he says, you won't forgive people, I won't forgive you. So his hands are tied when somehow I think, well, I come and I serve and I give and I do this. We're tight like that. And he's like, no, we're not. You hate people. You're bitter at people. You're angry at people. You're carrying things you shouldn't be carrying. And instead of digging up the root system, you keep saying we're fine and we're not. But yet he's going, I want to use you. I've called you to bear fruit. And I want the root system to be healthy so I can reproduce myself in you and in turn in others. You see, instead of sowing patterns and holding grudges and looking for offenses, yes, I said looking for offenses because there are people who live in offense because they actually find it more comfortable to be the victim of their situation. I can't stay on that long because we're about to wrap up, but I pray that that line just sinks in. Some people actually choose to live in offense because it makes you feel more comfortable because you like to live as the victim of a situation. We can sow patterns of forgiveness and reconciliation for our children to cultivate in their own lives and for generations to come. But in order to do this, we've got to do some digging. And maybe we don't get the roots out of the ground this morning before we leave or this afternoon before we leave. Maybe this is a journey we're going to start and we go, I'm going to be working on this for the next couple weeks. And that's okay. Digging that gets under the surface to who you really are. And it's trying to, God's trying to go this whole, all, it's week after week. Like I said, I just wanted to get up and be like, we got a building and God. And like, but he's just, he's just like, no, there's, there's just stuff inside. I want to get out and I want to, I want to bring that to the surface. It's under the surface. So they keep ignoring it, but I want to tear it up and get it out of there. 
so they can be who I want them to be. So they can bear healthy fruit in their children and make disciples that I'm calling to make and I'm gonna have set for us to make in the next campus, in future campuses. But in order to bear healthy fruit, in order for the church to be healthy, we have got to be healthy. And so I invite you right now to grab your shovel and to find a place at this altar and to just start digging, start looking and going, God, what's in there? What have I planted? What's pushing against my foundation? What types of things have I keep? I just keep trying to ignore them, hoping they'll go away. I keep trying that, oh, maybe if I, maybe they'll just go away if I just act like they're not there. Maybe there's somebody that, man, you just keep hoping things will change and there needs to be a conversation. But God's calling all of us to bear healthy fruit. And this is right now where we just start digging, start looking about what's in there. What types of things have I buried under the soil? God, help us. God, help us not just for where we're at now, but where we're getting ready to go. Let this be a message that resonates even with people who are not currently hurt or offended or bitter because the opportunities are around the corner. So help us to choose life and not death through bitterness. Help us, I pray, Jesus. It's so easy to just ignore it. Help us. Help us, Jesus.